Juz number 21. Alhamdulillah. We are now going to begin the last third of the Qur'an. The last third section of the Qur'an. And let me give you a warning. This part of the Qur'an is going to go much faster, inshaAllah, compared to the previous two parts. The reason being that a lot of the surahs in the last ten Jews are actually Makki. And they are also very short compared to what we have covered so far. If you look at the list of the surah names in the Mus'haf, can you open up your Mus'haf? And open up the list at the beginning or at the end where the surah names are there. Quickly. What do you see? The first column is from Surah Al-Fatiha to Surah which surah? Surah Ankabut. And then how many more columns until the end of the Quran? How many more? Three more. So, Alhamdulillah, today inshallah we will complete the first column. And the first column is two thirds of the Quran. And now inshallah we will begin the last third of the Quran. Inshallah. And alhamdulillah, the reminder that Sister Shazia gave us was very, very important. That really to have Qur'an in your life is a huge blessing. I don't know how many of you were there yesterday for the convocation, but as I saw the number of people that came in this room to attend that gathering, I was amazed. And so many people that I met, everybody was saying that this is such a unique gathering. It's bringing such a different feeling. Because all of these women have come in here not to attend a wedding, not to celebrate Eid, not to have some kind of a a party. This is celebration of the blessing of Qur'an in our lives. So what has brought us together over here is nothing except for the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-Ankabut, earlier we learned about Ibrahim salam that how he admonished his people that you worship these idols simply because of your love for each other. Right? And there we asked ourselves that what is the reason behind our relationships, our friendships, right? our connections, our acquaintances. That when we go to meet somebody, when we have somebody in our lives, what is the cause that brought us together? And alhamdulillah, yesterday, so many people could say, I know this person because of the Qur'an. I like this person. I love this person. She is my sister because of the Qur'an, because of the book of Allah. And this is really a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because, you know, loving the Qur'an, loving people of the Qur'an is part of loving Allah azza wa jal. Right? And those who give importance to others because of the book of Allah, because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is called loving for the sake of Allah. And such love, such friendship is what will be a source of great honor for a person in this world and in the next world, especially on the day of judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among such people. So Surah Al-Ankabut, lesson number 206. Ayah number 45 to 69. 
indicates one person who is being addressed. Because it's singular, utlu. And the command is for the Prophet ﷺ first, but after him, the hukum is for every single one of us. That you must read. Who is it that is giving us this command? Allah is giving this command. That utlu, do tilawa, recite. Recite what? Read what? ما أوحي إليك من الكتاب whatever that has been revealed to you of the book meaning from the Quran whatever it is that you have been given whatever part of the Quran you have been given you have been taught you have received then what should you do you should recite it you should do its tilawa tilawa what kind of tilawa tilawa lafziya first of all Tilawah of the words. Meaning recite the words. Continue to recite. Recite them for yourself. In your salah. For your reminder. And also recite for who? For others. In order to convey the Qur'an to them. So utlu tilawah lafziyah. Meaning recite the words of the Qur'an. Why recite the words of the Qur'an? You see the context of the surah. Remember Surah Al-Ankabut is the surah that has a very powerful beginning reminding us that as a believer you will definitely have difficulties, you will definitely have painful moments in your life. Because of what? Because of your iman. That in the way of Allah you will face many challenges. And then so many examples were given of the previous prophets. What kind of difficulties they faced in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And remember, this is a Makki surah. And the Prophet ﷺ was experiencing a lot of difficulty. Why? How? First of all, the wahi, receiving wahi itself was very heavy upon him. And then think about it. Reciting it to others, reciting it to those people who were rejecting him, who were making fun of him, who were mocking at him. This was something very, very difficult upon him. Think about it. If you have to talk to somebody who doesn't respect you, is it easy? Is it easy? No. And then if you have to talk to them about something that they completely disagree with, is that easy? That makes it even more difficult. Correct? So, the Prophet ﷺ, what was he told at this time? Utlu, you recite, keep reciting. Meaning, do not grieve, do not feel weak, do not give up, do not be sad, seek comfort, seek strength, through what? Through the recitation of the book of Allah. Recite it so that your heart is at ease. When you are nervous, when you are feeling sad, when you feel rejected, where is it that you get your strength from? Where is it that you get your motivation from? From the book of Allah. Recite and do not be sad. Utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Recite whatever that has been revealed to you of the book. 
And remember that tilawa, first of all, is tilawa lafziya, meaning recite the Qur'an, because when a person recites the Qur'an, definitely he feels better after that recitation. Isn't it so? How is it that you feel better? Because reciting the Qur'an is not like reading any other book. Any other book that you're reading, you can just, you know, open it up, not move your mouth, read it in your head. Isn't it? You can lie down and read. But when it comes to the recitation of the Qur'an, what is needed for you to recite the Qur'an properly? Do you have to look? Do you have to look? You have to look really carefully. You have to pay attention to the fathas and the kasras and the sukuns and everything. And now with the color-coded mushafs, right? Because they help you recite the Qur'an with proper tajweed. So that demands from you that you pay more attention. Correct? Now when it comes to the actual recitation, is there any physical effort involved on your part to recite the Qur'an? Yes. Do you feel tired sometimes after having recited the Qur'an for let's say half an hour or an hour? Yes. Now what happens is that when we are feeling sad and down, we need to get up and do something. We need some physical activity. Isn't it? And one of the best activities that we can do to uplift our mood is what? The recitation of the Qur'an. Because it doesn't just require you to be physically involved, it requires you to be mentally involved. And when you're mentally involved as well, and alhamdulillah, when you're able to understand the meanings of the book of Allah, then what happens? It's like food for the soul, for the heart, for the brain, for your body, everything. You just feel like you have regained life. You have regained strength. So, utluma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Why are you sitting so sad and down and low and depressed? No. Open the Qur'an and read it. Recite it. Help yourself. Utlu. Then after tilawa lafziya, there is also tilawa ilmiya. Tilawa ilmiya. What does it mean by that? Meaning read the book, meaning study it. Study its meanings. Reflect on its meanings. Learn it. And even if you've learned it, review it. Exercise your brain. Right? So many times in the Qur'an, we are told, so many people, لَا يَعْقِلُونَ They do not use aql. Right? أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Do you not use aql? So use your mind to understand, to study, to learn the book of Allah. أُطْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ and thirdly, tilawa also, amaliyya, of actions, meaning follow the book also. And notice what has been said, ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Whatever that has been revealed to you of the book, meaning don't just read Surah Yasin when you feel sad, okay? And only Surah Yasin, because this is what many Muslims do. That anytime they want to, you know, recite the book of Allah, they only go to Surah Yasin, right? Or certain other surahs that they have marked. But ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Whatever that has been revealed to you of the book, recite it. Read it. Because each portion of the Qur'an is powerful. Each portion of the Qur'an will give you a different kind of strength, a different kind of motivation. And you need all of it. So utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed this book for what purpose? For our guidance. Isn't it? For our help, for our assistance. That when we find ourselves lost, when we find ourselves confused, where is it that we get guidance from? From the Qur'an. So this book has not been revealed in order to be put away. 
This book has been revealed so that it is recited. Recited for what purpose? For yourself, for your own good, for your own health, for your own well-being. And not just that, but also read it to others, convey it to others. If you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ, how is it that he implemented this command of Allah? Utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. Do we find a hadith, do we find narrations in the seerah where we learn that the Prophet ﷺ was reciting the Qur'an? Are there any narrations? Huh? Tell me, any incident that you can remember where we learned that the Prophet ﷺ recited the Qur'an? Go ahead. Okay, when his head was in the lap of Aisha anha, So at home... Yes, he would recite the Qur'an at home when he's relaxing, sitting with his family. Okay, good. When he was leading the salah, good. When else did he recite the Qur'an? Yes? Yes, that many times we learn that the delegation of so-and-so came. Or a certain individual went to speak to the Prophet ﷺ to advise him. Right? That don't do this and so on and so forth. And what did the Prophet ﷺ do in response? He recited the Qur'an. Did this recitation have an impact on those who heard it? Yes, it did. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't just read Qur'an in his salah for his own personal worship. He didn't read it for himself only to get reward. Or for himself only to get that you know, upliftment, to get that motivation, to get that strength that he needed to continue with his mission. He also recited the Qur'an to others, to convey the Qur'an to them. And this is something that we need to understand also. Utlu, recite, for who? For yourself and also for others. Help yourself through the book of Allah and also help others with the book of Allah. Earlier in Surah Al-Ankabut, we learn that all allies besides Allah, what are they? Are they strong or are they weak? Weak. How weak are they? What was the example that we learned? Just like a spider's web. Now think about it. So many people are clinging on to, they're holding on to spider's webs. Aren't they? Whether it is money, or it is their career, or it is some idol, or it is any other thing that they're holding on to, right? That is what motivates them. That is what they're pursuing. That is what they're running after. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That وَإِنَّ الْبُيُوتِ لَبَيْتُ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ The weakest of all houses is the house of the spider. Meaning, whatever they're holding on to besides Allah, sooner or later, it's going to break, it's going to shatter, and the people who are holding on to spider's web for protection, for support, what's gonna happen to them? What's gonna happen to them? Are they not going to suffer? Do we not find people suffering in this life, in this world? I'm not saying suffering in the sense of, you know, suffering from poverty or suffering from some other physical condition. No. Suffering emotionally. Suffering, you know, in their relationships, that no matter what they have, they're not happy. No matter what they acquire, they're not satisfied. No matter what it is that they gain, they're not happy with their condition. And even if they're happy right now, what is going to happen to them in the hereafter, on the day of judgment? So who's going to help them? Who is the strongest 
source of support, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Aziz, whose kitab, whose book is also Al-Aziz. Allah Himself is Almighty, and His book is also powerful. So bring this Qur'an in your life for your strength, and bring this Qur'an in the life of other people also, so they can be strong. They can live for Allah. They can fulfill the purpose of their lives. أُتْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ And you see the Qur'an, what does it do? When you read the Qur'an, when you study the Qur'an, when you follow the Qur'an, what does it do basically? It connects you with your Lord. Isn't it? Because what do we learn? That nothing can draw you closer to Allah except for that which has come from Him. The Qur'an has come from Allah. It is Allah's speech. It is حَبْلُ al mateen Isn't it? So if we want to draw closer to Allah, if we want Allah's help, then what is it that we need to hold on to? The Qur'an. So, أُتْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ There is nothing that can give you strength the way Qur'an gives you strength. It gives you a motivation to keep going, to keep trying, no matter what situation you have fallen into. No matter what situation you find yourself in. This Qur'an, this rope of Allah, will help you come out of it. So, utlu, never stop reading the book. Never leave the Qur'an. Utlu, keep reading. Keep reading. Keep getting stronger. So, utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab. And then, wa'aqimis salah. And establish the salah. Perform the prayer. Why perform the prayer? Because after tilawa of the Qur'an, from among all the practical actions, remember that salah is most important. Because just like Qur'an, it helps you draw closer to Allah, salah, what does that do? It builds your connection with Allah also. How? That when you recite the Qur'an, what are you doing? You're reciting the words of Allah. You are receiving what Allah has to say to you. And when you perform the salah, what are you doing? You're asking Allah, for what? اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Isn't it? You're asking Allah. So when you need help, it has to be both-sided, right? The communication has to be both ways. So Allah's word, the Qur'an, that is His speech, that is His message to you. That is His guidance for you. Now what do you have to ask for? What are your needs? You ask for them where? In salah. So, aqim salah establish the prayer also. And remember that if a person has Qur'an and salah in their life, if a person has Qur'an and salah in their life, then no matter what test, no matter what mihna they may be in, they will survive this person will survive. Because he has Qur'an and he has salah. If you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ's life, was it easy? After he received prophethood? And just keep the Makki era in mind. Was it easy? It wasn't easy. When you study the seerah, how many times is it that you cry? Seriously. How many times? So many times. You know, just the beginning of the Prophet ﷺ's mission, actually even before that, when he was born... 
You know, when you learn about the situation that he was born in, the fact that his father was already dead, and the fact that his mother died soon after, and the fact that his grandfather also died, that brings tears to you. And then when the Prophet ﷺ received prophethood, how people treated him. You know, just that one incident that you learn in Bukhari about how the Prophet ﷺ was once praying in the Kaaba and how Abu Jahl and his people, they came and they put the camel innards on him and he couldn't even move. You know, the description of that incident is so, it's so heartbreaking. And you wonder, what kind of a heart did the Prophet ﷺ have? How could he keep going? What was it that gave him strength? Tell me. What gave him strength? It was the Qur'an. It was a recitation of the Qur'an. And then, it was the salah. Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say that the coolness, the comfort, the joy, you know, for my eyes has been placed in what? In salah. The Prophet ﷺ found comfort by performing salah. What is it that we find comfort through? Watching a movie? Seriously. You know, here we are stressing out, and there we are not doing what we should do to get the strength that we need. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I was attending a Friday khutbah, and the imam was giving, talking about the three words of Sri Ar-Rahman. They said, if you, someone asks you what is the great blessing of your life, you will say, because my existence, my life. And becoming Muslim. But if you see the three Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not mention Ar-Rahman, Khalaqal Insan. He said Ar-Rahman, Allam Al-Quran. So the Quran is better than your existence because the Quran coming before your existence. And that's why the understanding of the Quran, knowing that it's a great, great blessing than your existence. Yes, very true. That we think as long as we are alive, you know, we're lucky. But before the khalq of insan in Surah Al-Rahman, what does Allah say? Allam al-Qur'an. So this means that as long as we have Qur'an in our lives, we are lucky. Okay? That is great fortune, having Qur'an in one's life. So, over here, first of all, utlu, recite. Secondly, aqim salah establish the salah. And having these two things as part of one's life, this is a source of great strength for a person through all of life's trials and difficulties. You know, like it is said, salatu nur, that salah is nur, it's light. You know, it keeps giving you hope no matter what dark situation you find yourself in. It keeps hope alive. And then Allah says, Inna salata, indeed the salah, indeed the prayer. Tanha, it prohibits an from al-fahsha the immorality wal munkar and wrongdoing salah prohibits a person meaning it stops a person from committing immoral actions and wrong actions this is an added benefit of salah that it stops a person from wrong action now what is fahsha what is munkar you know about these words, we have done them many times before. But just as a quick review, fahsha, remember it is that which is obscene, that which is shameless, whether it is words or it is actions. And munkar is that which is wrong, meaning deeds or words that are unacceptable in the sharia, and as well as human nature, meaning you just don't accept it. It's just immoral. So, salah stops a person from 
indecencies, from shamelessness, from wrongdoing, it prevents a person. So salah is like a protection against sin. Salah is protection against sin. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us over here. How? The thing is that salah has a great impact on a person's life. If that impact was not there, we would not have been instructed to pray five times a day. I mean, think about it. Praying once a day, I mean, technically, could have been enough. If you just think about it. You know, just have to perform your religious obligations once a day. Okay, fine. Maybe twice a day. Five times a day. Why? Because there's something that salah does to you which is essential for you. You know, it's like you need five meals. Okay? I'm not saying like five full meals. You need a breakfast and then you need a snack and then you need a lunch and then you need a snack again and then you need a dinner. And then sometimes you need a bedtime snack also. Right? Do you need food throughout the day to keep your body going? You need it. Even if that snack is just, you know, one slice of apple, whatever it may be, a few nuts and seeds, whatever it is, but you need it. Can you survive on just one meal a day? Can you? If you do it, what's going to happen? Is it going to affect your productivity? Is it going to affect your physical health? Of course. Hasn't it ever happened with you that you skip breakfast and you don't have a proper lunch and then by the time you get home, you eat something and you just collapse on the couch? Alright? Doesn't it happen? Why? Because you need more than one meal a day. Salah also is essential for our spiritual nutrition. Okay? Spiritual health. What is that impact? That's what we're going to discuss. Assalamualaikum. I just would like to share a story of my friend. She came and knocking door in the middle of the day and knocking hard. And I opened the door and she's crying. And what happened? She said, "I don't want to go back to my husband. I don't like my husband anymore." What happened? And she doesn't want to talk. And then she keep talking on and on about him, but she doesn't want to say, like, what happened exactly. Just she's saying, "I don't like him." So I said, "Okay, pray to Raga." She's very religious. She said, "I can't." He says, Shaitan is all over you now. Go make, uh, make wudu and pray to raka. And then she went to the washroom, she made wudu and she prayed to raka. She calmed down and then when I asked her what happened, she said they fight over socks. Subhanallah. Fight over? Over socks. <laughs> Subhanallah. And then when she prayed to raka, she realized like... She calmed down. She calmed down and she <laughs> yeah, like, I tell her, remember what's good about him and she started remembering. She calmed down. Salah really, it's like, Tanha an al-fahsha wal munkar. Very true. Very true. Go ahead. I know we're not supposed to expose our sins, but I think this would be very, very beneficial for many of the girls here, the young girls especially. When I was younger, uh, in middle school, I used to read like the worst kinds of books. Like, yeah. And it's really popular amongst young girls especially uh, to read these kind of books. But I noticed that I'd be missing fudger. For like no reason, I'd sleep on time, whatever, and then I'd miss Fajr. Like it, prayer was always important to me, but I'd read those books and I would also pray, but I would miss Fajr. <laughs> but Alhamdulillah, I noticed that these books were my reason for like my bad relationship with my parents and missing Fajr, especially. So then I stopped reading them, and then Alhamdulillah, I was able to pray. <laughs> 
Yeah. So see, because salah was important, alhamdulillah, because of that, fahsha, munka, automatically, it got kicked out of your life. Go ahead. Even if you don't see like an effect in your life from reading these books, I, I swear, like there's definitely an effect in your life, a negative effect from reading these types of books somewhere you don't notice. You'll just be frustrated about something and reading these kinds of books will be the reason. So please stop for your own sake. Yesterday I came home really, really tired. So I remember I was downstairs to my mom. I'm like, I'm yawning. I'm super tired. Mom's like, stop telling me you're tired. Go to sleep. So then I made my way to my room, but I hadn't prayed Aisha yet. And then I jumped on my bed. And then my two sisters looked at me like, did you pray yet? I'm like, no, I'm going to pray. I'm just getting some energy so that I can stand up to pray. That didn't make any sense. But then after realizing how that didn't make much sense, I got up and I made my wudu and I started praying. And that's when I like had actual energy. But I thought originally if I slept on my bed for a little bit, got some energy, that I would be able to pray. But um, I probably would have like slept and not be able, like probably missed the salah or something. Yeah. 